we had what I feel like most food and beverage brands would consider the biggest home run they could get. We were in Whole Foods in our local stores and went from those 20 to nationwide pretty much overnight. This makes sense. And we should take this everywhere. Let's blow it up. Let's blow it up because you have data points and I understand why this is working. The punchline was we didn't understand why it was working. Welcome back to the Numa Bro Show. My name is Jared here with my brother, Brandon. Brandon, say what's up? How's it going, Jared? Doing well. All righty. Let's hop into it. What do we got for today? So today, I have to admit, I'm sorry we lied. So we're going to do a segment, and I think this is actually going to be something that we may touch on about- A little recurring segment. A little recurring segment. Yeah. You know, if I only knew then, and just- Going specifically on like one topic of how I looked at something I thought made sense then, but what I really learned. And if, if I, if I had a redo, if I had a redo, I knew, understood this topic a little bit better, this specific part of our business, we could have been in a better spot. Yeah. So, and I think that the idea for the, the recurring segment, so it's not just a rehash and let's tell how I would have run a marketing campaign differently. It's like, how would I have thought about this differently? I wish I thought about something differently. Who knows what I actually would have done and all that. But if I had this framework back then that I do now, how would I have done things differently? And hopefully what I know now would lead to a better result. Okay. So today's topic that we're going to talk about, marketing expenses. And I'm good at spending that money. Yeah, he's great at it. And I am I'm the finance guy who is in charge of just getting heartburn as I see more and more dollars going out the door. So yeah, we're the sales. <laughs> yeah, we're the sales. You're doing good. Lots of lots of money out. Where's the money in? Yes. So that's the that's the framework. We want money in. Yeah, that's the framework right. of this. Okay. So the first kind of concept that took us a really long time to understand is channel profitability. All right, unpack that channel profitability. What is channel profitability? So what that means, and I'll try to use some examples, but for us, I'll use a couple places this where we sell our drinks. So we sell our drinks through our website, through Amazon. We have a channel that we just call our wholesale, which is a gyms, yoga studios, CrossFit, boutique fitness, stuff like that, and then retail. So just any grocery store. And the concept on that is that all of those systems has just different methods of delivery and all these price to consumer or end price that we're selling, all these different just prices and things that are baked in that we're making different amounts per case right. selling that same item. So that channel property is sort of saying it's like, it's a sales channel, right? So that like yeah. we group different types of places we sell our drinks into like groups and then we can build expense profiles around each one or build basically like each channel sales channel can have its own P&L essentially, right? It's own yep. profit loss. That is just like, you sell this much, it costs this much to deliver it to the consumer. Cool. Exactly. We don't they incorporate all... general expenses. Like we don't have to bake in how much we spend for the office, all of the cogs in terms of like how much it costs us to make the drinks. Same cost of goods. It's all the same. Same drink. Ever. So we're just talking about how much do we get in revenue in our pocket and what are all the expenses that cost to make right. that sale? And, and the main things we're just looking at on this kind of analysis is just Sale price, cost of goods sold, whatever. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. 
cost of goods sold. We just said we don't need to worry about cost of goods sold. Oh. What do you mean? I guess I was saying it. We don't need to worry about cost of goods sold because it's consistent. We're selling sure. the same okay. the same sports drink that we're selling to someone on our website is the same sports drink that we sell to a distributor that delivers it to Heinen's or Whole Foods or okay. whatever. So we may incorporate it, but it is a constant. So it actually doesn't change. Correct. Channel to channel. That's all they're going to be the right. same. It's not like I have special sports drinks for some people and different ones for other people. Do we? We could. Special flavors. Yeah. But the this concept is we're going to have our sale price, cost of goods sold, fulfillment. And if it's our website, it's going to be the cost that we're going to pay UPS to pick it up from our warehouse, take it to your door. If it's a distributor in the grocery store, it's the cost that we're going to have to take when we call up a shipping company and it comes on a pallet, goes out the door, what's that cost? Right. So you say grocery store distributor. So again, we actually don't sell drinks to we're in Cleveland, shout out Heinen's, right? So that's one of our, our local grocery chains that, you know, we actually got our start in there, right? Our day one. Our day one homies. So we don't sell drinks necessarily majority of the time directly to Heinen's. We sell to a distributor who has a bunch of different products, who brings a bunch of different products into Heinen's and they sell it to them. So correct. So little, what, little insight. There. Yeah. So when we're thinking about, you know, all of those costs, it really, we start getting into like I said, cost of goods sold, it's the same sports drink no matter where we're selling it. The fulfillment, that's going to change a lot depending on who we're selling it to. Yeah. And then there are also a lot of these different just trade spend or sales expenses or things that basically... In that channel... In, in that channel, there's different support mechanisms. Right. So a, a grocery store may say... We're going to take X off because we're going to run a sale for you. So you have to sell it at like a bunch of these terms. Like there's OIs, off invoices or billbacks or whatever that is just like, we're going to share some costs that are of doing business. Yeah. Or there may be like everyone always hears about like slotting fees of like, oh, you got to give me X amount of dollars or you got to give me X amount of free cases to come into my store. Cool. Got to bake that in. Or if I'm selling it online, this is like how many discount codes are being used, all of those types of things. So those are the quote unquote trade spends that differ from channel to channel. Quite a bit. And then the last one, marketing expenses, right? right? That's what we're here to talk about today. So you got all of these other things. And then as you're thinking about for each channel, how are you marketing your product for that channel? How much does that cost? And then the whole kit and caboodle thing about the channel profitabilities, you as a business, presumably as a, as a consumer product, good, you aren't making the exact same amount of money for every dollar sold in one channel versus another. That you sell $1 worth of sports drink to a retailer, technically to a distributor. How much do you make off of that? You sell $1 worth of sports drink to a consumer through our website. How much stays in Numa's pocket? And I think, yes, that is as we bring this full circle, the number one thing we're thinking about on marketing expenses is how much do we keep in our pocket from this channel? Right. I'm going to add one more little part on that too. Oh. You also, this the, the calculus on all this too, is that you, when you're selling through your own channels, your own website, Amazon, our wholesale store, we're going to be responsible for the traffic. So when we think about all the marketing expenses that go in there, and it's kind of tied to our punchline here, we make more dollars per case selling through our website. Our website, we're going to make the most for every on all those cases of sports drink, we're going to make the most. Amazon and through that wholesale channel are about the same. And we make the least 
through the distributors, but the distributors who then sell to the grocery stores, they have way more traffic. Every grocery store is going to have way more people walking up and down those aisles. It's tough and you know there's different percentages of people that are going to walk up and down an aisle and buy it but there's all just moving parts of this equation about like we may not have as many people that are coming to our website to buy we don't need as many to buy because they every time they buy they're worth more to us there are these different just pushes and pulls about what they're all worth to us and i think the big thing is up to you as a business owner to think about is understanding what are we going to be good at and Right. So, so to kind of bring it back a little bit to like the channel profitability and like the, the kind of calculus. But so first and foremost is understanding regardless of traffic source or how good is each customer is understanding what percent of dollars stay in your pocket. And then you can kind of go through this like, okay, what are all the other factors of how tough is it to drive new traffic there? Can it, can it actually just exist? We may make less out of one channel, but we don't have to do anything to market. And there's just tons of the right people walking in every single day. And everybody that walks in next door is going to love Numa. Cool. That's going to pick it up. Newsflash, that's not going to happen. So don't bake that in. <laughs> um, and is it also a great discovery channel for your brand? Uh, potentially is, is so as another factor, right? Like it's great to be at a yoga studio or a CrossFit box. Like even if that is not as strong of a dollar for us, is it worth it? And those are the things that you're going to have to navigate yourself but at the very least you need to understand what's the base and then evaluate is it worth marketing dollars how much new traffic do i need to drive all of that kind of good stuff so okay let's go into a little bit of yeah just our channel profitability story yeah and and, and, and explaining this in a way that can make even more sense so for us we had what I feel like most food and beverage brands would consider the biggest home run they could get. We were in Whole Foods in our local stores in local Cleveland, a couple of the surrounding. Uh, yeah, it was like 20. And went from those 20 to nationwide pretty much overnight. 450. 450. And the reason that it expanded was because the sales in those 20 stores that we were in were rocking. So we had these fantastic numbers in this little pocket the the buyer the person in charge of the category who's just saying like does this make sense do i get it should there be more should this be other places they looked at our sales data and they looked at our idea of how we're creating and crafting a sports drink who's the whole foods consumer and was like this makes sense i get it like i see based on these sales numbers your product how you're thinking about this this makes sense and we should take this everywhere. Let's blow it out. Let's blow it up because you have data points and I understand why this is working. The punchline was we didn't understand why it was working. Well, if we did, if we understood it, we didn't apply that understanding to our growth model. For sure. And the reason that it was working uh, as we you know, now have some years distance from it was it was working because of a lot of the non-scalable grassroots type of hustling around things that we did. Right. And as Jared kind of mentioned, he's like, well, sometimes your, your dollars in, you know, yoga studios or CrossFit gyms or boutique fitness, they may not be as super strong as through your website, but what those dollars were for us was incredible discovery of our perfect target audience that oftentimes was shopping at Whole Foods. So we were going out and finding all these customers and 
various places that were perfect for where we were, right? for who our product was. And we were doing that hard discovery elsewhere. Oh, cool. I saw this in my gym. I saw it in my yoga studio. I saw it in my run club. I can go buy it at the grocery store. That really, really worked and made those stores super, super strong. Right. As And I think that to me, as we think about this story, uh, that's the first part. It's just like, there, there, I think there's kind of two things that come to mind of just like our channel profitability story for this one in particular of just like, we made assumptions that certain marketing tactics, the different marketing tactics that we're going to use going to have the similar, or we were even just making assumptions based off of, okay, so we're selling X in our local stores and we can assume that we're going to do different marketing tactics and they'll probably be about a third as effective. And it's just like, you cannot make any assumptions if you're trying to really scale up. And then, right, it's just like, learn before you grow. So we did the learning and then we got to the growth and threw all the learning out the door and just said, we're just going to run a different play because the idea of like what we did was, you know, back in the day, Brandon and I were hustling around, showing up at every workout in the area of Cleveland. And then we had some people that were in Pittsburgh and Columbus and the DC area, and they were doing the same exact thing that we were, and it was working. So then we get these sales data numbers, and it's just like, let's go 450 stores wide. It's like, all right, well, we can't do that. So how are we going to support it? Should have been end of story. It means we can't support it. At least we don't have any clear data to prove that we can support it. And I think it was just that assumption we made was the first critical mistake of it requires X amount of expenses to grow this through, you know, we were doing that hustle. Cool. That math worked for us. Then we just said we were going to take all that learning on our expense profile, throw it out the door, and then we're going to use different tactics, with which leads kind of to me like point number two of just like, the profitability that like how hard right so do so, these marketing so we so we jumped expenses. in yeah. yeah so we jumped in and the tactics we were going to use were in-store demos and we we're going to pay for merchandisers and basically what that was going to do and merchandisers are people that you know if you ever go into a grocery store and you see someone like adjusting a shelf or building a sales rack on the side like a lot of times that's actually not an employee of the grocery store that is someone that a like brand a third, like numa a third, third party third that we party hired yeah. yeah to like help boost our visibility that's not how we grew locally that's how we decided we were going to grow nationally right so and invest heavily. Right, in so that. we we invested heavily into that, and the key miss, just as we mentioned earlier, is we had all of this awesome product discovery happening outside of grocery stores. It was people, as we said, hustling around to all those like fitness hotspots where we're selling a healthy sports drink. Go meet them where they are. Versus we're going to try and just pick them off in stores and do everything we can to either give you a sample or you know, make our our display more visible. And what that really was, as we kind of take a step back and analyze was a, just a mismatch in like our, where are we going to be hunting for our target? And just like that, that marketing dollar fit and just targeting at the end of the day. And what the other compounding issue, here's the kicker, (laughs) the, the kicker back to this, you know, where we led was in you know, Whole Foods and just all of our grocery stores as we were talking about, those cases that we were selling, we get far, far less back into our pocket after everyone who's part of this, you know, 
sales channel and chain right takes they, they call it a three-tier system where there's business link or whatever yeah industry so of. there's like you know the grocery store the distributor and then us so everyone is taking their piece out of it and then there's all the expenses and everyone has a margin and a markup along the way so that you know it ends up at 249 on the shelf but after everyone's dollars we're making way 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 less before we're even putting in those marketing expenses so on top of those right. marketing expenses losing tons of money right. trying to support this and that's it it's just like and without getting too too broad but of like this is the reason this channel profitability and that math of why food and beverage and cpg isn't a little guy's game is that you need a lot a lot a lot of scale to overcome this channel profitability that like we are selling very low ring items and you need what to sell low ring low ring. so it's just like it's 249 right it's like yeah. we aren't talking about uh you know a $150 microphone here or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that that absolute value dollar in our pocket, let alone there's other people taking out. So that we're getting whittled down that you just need massive scale to cover all of your gross expenses and the marketing. And it's just like, and you're competing with everybody else on that same shelf. So it really puts the squeeze on little guys. Yeah. And then final thing on that was like the impact of those activities, as Jerry was saying, as we, we're talking about how many dollars we're putting in there. They were super, super low impact to go on to these cases don't punch very hard. So all of that leads to you're just fighting this uphill battle over and over because one, we didn't truly take into account that channel profitability of let's give a good hard look of like is selling at this stage of our company in specifically a retail opportunity like this where we know we're going to make almost no money on this after it's all said and done without any marketing expenses. Is that worth it? And then, okay, there's a case to be made. Like, right, this is great. This is visibility, all that. But honestly, like we weren't ready for that type of growth because we could not do the same exact marketing that we wanted, that we've done before to show growth. Is that, okay, cool. Channel profitability, definitely not there. Two assumptions. Like we made a bad assumption of marketing tactic and those expenses result in this revenue cool something different with a different expense profile is going to have some similar type return is it's a dangerous game to play maybe you'll you know get really really lucky and your assumption will be better things will be better than you actually assume but it's just like that's probably a, not. Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. That like, is just like you need to do take that learning. One of our learn before you grow. Yeah. One of our original kind of mentors that was helping us think about marketing just gave us a really good way to think about the numbers of it. And his adage was take your take your marketing expense, double it, double it again, take your projected revenue, cut it in half, cut it in half again. And when you're starting to get going, like that's how you can think about how much it's going to cost to move the needle yeah. and the impact of what it's actually going to do. So it's, it's hard. Always. Okay. That's the name of it. Well, hopefully you're able to follow along with that and get something out of that. It's a, uh, I wish we had a chalkboard. Maybe that's next. We'll have a chalkboard here and just do a little, uh, show and tell of, of the numbers, right? You can get Brandon yeah. doing his teacher game on there. But yeah, I think regardless of, the type of business that you're in, you know, knowing those expenses, like I'd much rather know my expenses than my revenues kind of thing, because they have such an outsized impact on the business. For sure. So, so hopefully you enjoyed today. Hopefully you learned something. 
like I said, this was a, a big reason why I went to this podcast. An episode like this is that hopefully you can take up this lesson. And I think most of these kind of what I knew now are going to be more business focused. The things you can take for it will be more for business, probably less than like an everyday life. But hopefully you learn something, hopefully you can apply it. And on, on these, but just like all of our topics, if you have something you want to hear us discuss, DM us, shoot us an email, let us know if you like the podcast, leave us a review, please tell a friend. That's all super important to us. Appreciate it. Thank you. See you next time. Take care.